0: We're Billboard Ensemble. Uh-huh. And have we got news for you. You better listen.
1: Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, is coming to the Memo
2: Arts Centre from the 20th to the 23rd of July, featuring 25 dance floor classics such as I Will Survive, Hot Stuff, Go West and many more. Tickets on sale now at memoartcenter.co.uk or call at 01446
1: 738
0: Welcome to The Creative Space. Today, join us on me asking Reese questions this time around. We talk about anything and everything because, you know, we can't keep on track. At one point, we do get quite personal into our experiences. Reese talks about how and why this podcast is up and going. And then we we, we end off with with, with a couple of happy bits. It is a long one, so I don't know if Reese is going to uh, chop it down a bit, but join us on today's journey.
1: Last time we spoke was a few months ago it was you were the fourth episode <laughs> but thing is though i mean look looking now i mean theoretically i've already done a couple of episodes recorded a couple of episodes this past week or two
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so this theoretically could be the 14th episode
0: Ooh. Mm. I like to keep it on the fours. (laughs)
1: Yeah, 14th episode, so that would be good. Yeah. So the next one we meet will be 24.
0: (laughs) Oh, well.
1: (laughs) So, Pippa and Reese back in the theoretically studio of a pub. Yeah, yeah. The sky was out and now it's in dark clouds. But anyway, how are you?
0: too bad i'm plodding along um ready to go and see a musical by a university group tomorrow well
1: i'm going tonight
0: you're going tonight yeah
1: so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i think one of the i think the best thing about this podcast episode is that it's not really specifically about someone it's not specifically about what we've done or maybe it is what we've done but it's more Looking back on what's happening on the West End, Broadway, uh, our personal opinions about certain announcements and maybe just a reflection on this podcast and where it's come from. Because I don't think a lot of people know how this podcast started, anything, but that's the reason why I thought I asked you to come along. And you can ask me questions yes, and I can ask you questions because I think I've done enough asking the questions mm-hmm. to you in episode four, but now episode 14...
0: 14.
1: You can ask me a few questions if you would like to.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. On the fly. Which musical or theatre show would you not see again and why? Is what reason?
1: We'll not see why.
0: Yeah. So if, if you went to go and see for example The Woman in Black. Why would you not go and see it again? Was it because of the you just didn't like the story, you didn't like the actors, or
1: is it something I don't like circumstances, or is it something that it
0: can be any reason?
1: Right, that's a hard one because I've been to watch a few musicals on the West End, and I've been to see some in Cardiff, I've never been to a musical on Broadway. But that's just you know a a dream that hopefully I see one day. And if it's so, you're um, going to be a play as well or uh, I don't think I've ever seen a bad play that's the thing I've never ever seen a bad play no. um, in terms of musical wise I can't really say if I had to seen the Phantom of the Opera I would say I won't go to watch it again until a few years down the line because the thing about the Phantom of the Opera is that it is a spectacle it's a spectacle musical mm-hmm. um, whether people disagree or not it is and if I went to watch it um, because the hype, I've never seen The Phantom of the Opera.
2: Oh. I've never seen it. <gasps>
1: so my hype would be, I would expect it to be as what people say it is. And if not, then I wouldn't go and watch it. But if I, but even if I did go and watch it and I was blown away by it, mm-hmm. I'd still wouldn't go and watch it again, you know, the following year. So I'd leave it for a few years. Yes. And okay. then build it up again to go and watch it uh, the second time. It's like when I went to watch The Lion King it was my first ever musical I went to watch to when I was a kid and it was amazing. And then I went to go and watch it with my, my um, grandparents and my uncle when we went to uh, London yeah. a couple of years ago. And again, it was amazing. Um, Cause, and because I left it for so long, mm. um, that's why I think my hopes and everything would be right. I need to keep it hyped up and everything. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go and watch one now if, uh, now, if I go and watch this production of Grease tonight and I'm let down, then I, I'd i say I wouldn't go and watch it. It's like if I was offered a free ticket to go and watch Grease, I probably would not go because uh, I like the film, but I know for a fact it, it's so overdone, overused, overhyped. Yes. It's become a constant thorn to... Even though it's like a culture thing for a lot of people, it's become a constant thorn to me.
0: I think... I think when it comes to Greece, specifically, while we're on that subject, Mm. is that I've seen it advertised too much by amateur companies. Now, if I were to go and see it done professionally, I would probably go once just for the experience. Mm. But as as you have kind of reiterated I think it's just a little bit overdone a little bit overused yeah. especially the um what was the example that you used earlier um going out to a to a karaoke night at least at some point someone, is be someone will go for summer nights or grease lightning um you know just as a karaoke kind of mm. show and tell but it's it's good for getting the people up and, 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 and boogieing, because everybody knows it. Yeah, yeah. But for a theatre-goer, I think, well, my personal opinion, um, it is a bit overdone.
1: Yeah, I think as well, when you look at amateur companies and when they say, Oh my God, we're doing Greece," It's like, okay, but amateur companies have done it before. Yeah. So what's so special about this one? Yeah, this is why I always try to. If I was ever to run an amateur production company, and it's no offense to anyone to whoever wants to pick Greece or wants to pick a particular musical that they want to do, mm-hmm. but this is one of the reasons why, um, and I will mention Billboard. This is why I'm looking, even though I'm in it, I'm actually looking forward to doing Priscilla, Queen of the Desert because yes. it's it's new, it's different, it's something that we've never touched before, or something that. Mr. Mr. Jonathan Coons has never touched before. So it's yes. very good to do try something that's new and refreshing.
2: Yeah,
1: And what was really good, he told me, um, he, he probably won't remember this, but he, <laughs> he told me that, uh, and a couple of others, I think, said the same thing, that they didn't want to do old musicals like Guys and Dolls and Anything Goes and everything, because um, I think those kind of musicals are too long. The modern generation won't, or the modern. Avid theater goer would probably not um be more interested because musicals are changing so much it so it is much. it is getting to the point of how do how do they keep up not how does the modern musical stay relevant it's how do the old musicals stay relevant and how do they keep up
0: yeah but at the same time um I wouldn't have known about those musicals, if it wasn't for Billboard, I would Mm. never have known about Thoroughly Modern Mini. I would never have known about Guys and Dolls, even though I wasn't in it. It's still been brought to my attention. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, I cannot, oh my God. If there was an opportunity for me to go and see Oklahoma, hands down, I would have, because I enjoyed it so much when when Billboard did it. Mm. I had an absolute whale of a time. Yeah. And that to me I I don't I don't know. I, I can I appreciate the amount of musicals that are coming out nowadays because there are just so many.
1: And special musical films as well.
0: Yes. I mean Ellie Ellie's just like, oh this song, this song, this song, from this musical, this musical, this musical and I'm like, I'm sorry, excuse me. Take five steps back. What musical? What you is may, it about? We
1: have to give me ten steps to go back. It's, yeah. like, it's like um, uh, come from away or
0: oh um...
1: sorry for the avid musical but this is the thing I'm not yeah. much of a I'm not a musical enthusiast uh, enthusiastic kind of person yeah because is it come fly away or come from I, that's the thing I, I don't know what I uh, like I said I apologise to anyone yeah. who's but I'm not familiar with the musical because it because there's so many like you said so many that are coming out of the woodwork mhm it's like, um, look at musical films. In the Heights, um, Tick, Tick, Boom, which yeah. I, I love. And I'm so glad Andrew Garfield's nominated for um, the Oscar for Best Actor in good, the Leading Wood. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, there's so many coming out of the woodwork. It's it's amazing. But another one as well is like, um, Dear Evan Hansen, I love the music. Um, I would love to go and watch it on the stage. But I've seen the film and it's very disappointing. Oh,
0: really? I well, film, seen the film
1: it, well I've, I've seen the film. And I can, honestly, from an outsider's perspective, even though I have not seen the the, the theatrical show,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Ben Platt, when he did it on the stage, probably a little bit younger than he was then, um, it worked. It, it worked. But Ben Platt, at the age of 27 or 28, playing a high school student,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's not necessarily working nowadays. And like in Greece, when the actress who played... Um,
0: Olivia Newton-John?
1: No, no, oh. no. Who no. played... Um...
0: Oh, um, Oh,
1: what's her name?
0: The one who it... sings
1: Look at Me on Saturday. Yeah, D. yeah. I was oh. just about to say, look at me. Yeah. Yeah, um, but the actress who played... She Rizzo! Was... Rizzo. Yeah. Rizzo. Yeah, but yep. the actress who played Rizzo. I mean, but she was in her 30s when she played Rizzo. Oh. And, or well, late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. So, may have worked then, but now it's like, come on, there's so many, so many to go from. And it's been nominated for, and I've seen Diana the Musical as well, and that, that's that been polarised by the critics. Um, really? Being polarised by the critics. I didn't like it. I think it was so cheesy, so mm-hmm. corny. Going back to D.A.M. and I think there were so many things that they could have done better with right. it.
0: So we're going to revert back to our original, you know, okay. <laughs> kind of kind of line, because uh, we do go off on tangents, don't we? But that's fine.
1: That's fine, because that's what, how the podcasts are made.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so before we go into one question, I have another one. Mm. Would you consider seeing a musical in another language?
1: Depends. Uh, depends on the language and depends on the musical. Okay. Depends on the language, depends on the musical. Um, uh, Apparently, I'm not saying it with the musical, um, but Richard Burton said it brilliantly. The Shakespearean play in German is so beautiful.
2: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Um, And I was like, really? Because the German language is very in-your-face color. No disrespect. It's very sharp and it's very... Mm, in your face kind of thing but I like the German language I think it's brilliant um but um I, I don't I don't know the actual words for the German language but Richard Burton did a monologue in German mm-hmm. and the way he did it as well it's like oh my god he actually made the German language so eloquently beautiful in a way poetic
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was really good and uh so I said, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing the Shakespearean play in, in German. Mm-hmm. See, all good. Um, I'd like to see. Um, I've listened to Le Misérables in French. Okay. Um,
2: I wasn't a fan of it. No.
1: But then I'd like to see a musical, whatever musical in Italian.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: I I I like to see a musical in Italian. Don't doesn't matter which one. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to see that one.
0: Cause, to be fair, the Italian language is... Oh,
2: it's, it's, molto it's,
0: bene. Molto bene. <laughs> it, it, is, it is really beautiful. Um, see, now I've listened to a couple, two, three. So three, I say quote, quote, but weird ones. But then I've also seen... Um, Carmen mm. now Car- uh, Carmen isn't a musical it's a it's an opera but um, we're just gonna slide that up I'm right. not a
1: fan of operas
0: see I wasn't I well I, I never really I never really geared myself towards an opera until I had free tickets um, to go and see um, Carmen in Bryn mm. Um and I thought oh why not it's a you know it's a night out it's a Free ticket as well. I mean, who's gonna, um, who's gonna deny that? And the, because it was kind of like a workshopy thing. Mm. So the guy, ca- um, the guy playing the
1: protagonist, kind of.
0: Um. The, oh, I forgot. I've literally forgotten the name, but it's fine. Um, he came in and kind of um, went through his the the really famous. Oh yeah, yeah. That one, and he came in and he. um, (laughs) 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 Yeah. Absolutely love it, and I didn't realise that that tune was from Carmen, so (laughs) like an absolute lemon. It then clicked what the music was, and I was like. not really like just standing was, up on the
1: chair
2: going ah! <laughs> da, 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 da,
0: da. But, but it was uh, it was it was amazing and so when I went unfortunately I was really tired when we went to go and see it so I was I wasn't falling asleep but I was falling asleep
1: yeah the problem is when you go and watch it. it's like I remember when um, I went to London in two days and this is how bad it was right mm-hmm. so I didn't realise it so Cariad, a yes. friend Cariad, she got me tickets to see Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, a David Mamet play. And oh, Christian Slater was in it. He was starring in it. Mm-hmm. He was playing Richard Romer. And it's one of my favourite plays. And Fair Play, I uh, really enjoyed it. But the day before, my mum my got tickets to go and see Matilda the Musical so me my mum my little sister and my cousins we went to go and watch it but however mum didn't know that I was going in going to London the following day as well so we went to London on that day so we went to go and watch the musical spent the entire day in London and then we got back around half 11 and I basically got back to barrier at half 11 and so I basically went to bed got back up six or seven hours later and I had to go straight back to London, straight back to London to go and meet Carryad and go and watch the play. And I'm sat there watching Glenn, Gary, Glen Ross and I'm there and I'm literally, my eyes are going, Ugh, and I'm trying not to fall asleep because Carryad bought these tickets for me as a Christmas present. Um. And I loved the play and I'm there going and I'm, and I had to tense, literally had to tense my muscles to stay awake. And i was so glad i stayed away because I it got to that famous monologue bit where uh, richard Roma says you stupid f and see you next tuesday to one of the guys and it's if you've seen the mo- if you see the film Albertino in the film oh my god the way it packs a punch it's so in your face it's so good it's so edgy
2: mm-hmm.
1: but i remember i was tensing up and afterwards then we we went to go and um see the improvising theatre an improvising theatre company
2: mm-hmm. who
1: are the same company uh who made the play that goes wrong Oh. So it's the same, the original actors, nice. um, they, they basically run their own little theatre company and they um, do improvising. So they give the audience an opportunity to go, right, where can we set it? Where can we do this? Where can we do that? And we, we, we went to see it and, and I was fully awake, but then I had to stay in her dorms on the floor with a flattened sleeping bag, uh, sleeping. Oh, no. and, and I went back the, the following day and I was just shattered. I just thought, oh, I can't be dealing with this. But I really enjoyed my times in London. But at yeah. the same time, it was, it was really, oh, I just, uh, I, would I do it again? No. I think if I would have known that my mum bought tickets a day before to go to London, I would have booked myself a holiday inn or a yes. uh, um, travel lodge or whatever. Yeah. But having looked, when I knew there was like 500 quid for two nights, mm-hmm. I was like, no, Ooh. I ain't doing that. No, I'm not. So no. here we go.
0: That's that's fair. Um,
1: if you're hearing conversations in the background, like I said, we are in a pub, um, but it's the most quiet pub going.
0: Yeah, and there's there's a there's a whole door between us, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a whole room and a door between us. <laughs> yeah. Um. See now, I going back to the musical uh, in another language. I. Don't know how I came across it, but I fell in love with Notre Dame de Paris, mm-hmm.
1: which is... Notre um, Dame of Paris, is it?
0: Yeah, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, but it's not the Disney version, it is a It's um, version closer to the book. Um,
1: so, so, Quasimodo dies, Esmeralda dies, yes. Follow dies, everyone well,
0: dies. <laughs> um, I don't know if Quasimodo dies, because it ends with him singing with Esmeralda in in his arms and um
1: in the book he does die
0: in yeah in the book he he dies and they they find them like cuddled together and then as soon as they they go to touch him or something like that and like it all crumbles to dust yeah and...
1: yeah um oh, Victor Hugo everyone
0: yes Victor Hugo ladies and gentlemen um so i listened i i actually watched it in parts on youtube because <clears throat> yeah um Wow, wow. Well, yeah, <clears throat> you didn't hear that from me. Um, but it is so beautiful in the because because it, it, it's not French, French, it's French Canadian, so it's slightly different to um, the French that were taught at school. Um, so I was picking up like certain certain bits. Um, and luckily there was also subtitles, so uh, I knew what was going on. Um but I tried to listen to it in English because they, they they made an English version and it's awful. It's really bad. It's really, really bad. Like I didn't realize how much of an impact it is going from the original um from the original language and transferred it into English. Now I should have known that because I watch anime in Japanese and then I watch it in English and the translation is horrendous. Um there are a couple of songs um in Notre Dame de Paris which do sound very good in English. Um
1: it is difficult though it when is you It's very,
0: very difficult. Yeah. Especially with because the, cause the French language, but it, well, with any other language, it's
1: like it's like singing and Dorma in English. You know the, the, the song song Dorma,
0: mm-hmm. Pavarotti. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I was gonna say how will you, how <laughs> you not know nasindoma?
0: It just flew over my head, sorry. Because it's but... at the end,
1: I I can't do it. But he goes da 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 da. da. He said, uh. you, you know, I I don't know the song, so I do apologize for destroying your ears, people. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a very famous. Pavarotti yeah. interpretation and you trying to put that in English you probably would not sound as no. brilliant as it is in Italian
0: mm. but anyway, so yeah, you were saying uh, I'm uh, sorry um, and I noticed that it, that it came to London um, a few years ago and I really wanted to go and see it, but I didn't want to go by myself, now I really wish I'd gone by myself because whatever yeah, I, I have I have I have been to see productions by myself before, um, because I am a Billy No Um but I was slightly afraid of it being in English, mm-hmm. um, just because it hits so different. I didn't realize how much of a difference it would make if you hear it in English to hear it if you hear it in French. Um, for example, the one the the one song that I can compare is that there is a song, there is a duet, between two females, called Il um, est beau comme le soleil, and in English, it's He is shining like the sun, and the way that it's written, musically, works for French, because sometimes a French sentence can be longer than, in, than, yeah. than English, so musically it fits, but if you try to fit that in English, you've got either more beats or there's an offset of beats and it's also the harmonies weren't exactly that great. But anyway, um, it's like the
1: Welsh language as well. Yes. Because there's a song, in it, uh, there's a song that's really famous around Wales called Emma or Heat and it's not musical, but it's not, it's a song and it's called We're Still Here. Mm-hmm and it goes ranni pa ropeth pa so so on yeah but it's thing we we're still here and if you try to say that in, in the way that it's been written in Welsh and try to sing it in English it, it wouldn't work mm. um and there's another one espadi helog it's a, a the Super Fairy Animals, I think it's Super Fairy Animals, uh, wrote and sung the song, okay. and Espedia Hellog is Sunny Intervals. So if you're trying to say Espedia Hellog, and you try to say Sunny Intervals, like Sunny in intervals. intervals, no, it's like oh. it won't work.
0: No, no. So um, so that's that's one musical that I would absolutely love to see mm. in French, and um. There there is a, another rock musical which is again in French, um, and then there's also Death Note the musical. Now, I was really shocked because um, you know Matthew Pym. Yeah, Matthew Pym, yeah, good old Matthew, Matthew Pym. Pym. I don't. I posted it on Facebook. That's right. And I was listening to that. I was listening to Death Note the musical, and he commented on my post saying that I that he loved it, and literally I very nearly fell on the floor. Because Death Note is very, um... Yeah. It... Um... How do I explain it in words? Come on, English. Um... Oh Welsh. <laughs> or, or Welsh. Um, only a certain amount of... Only a particular set of people will know what Death Note is. Mm. The majority of them are what's called weebs. Or, um... You know, anime, people who watch anime and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I can say this because I am a weeb. Um, <laughs> but, um, so to hear Matthew Pym turn around and say that he, ha- that he loves the musical just floored me. Um, we love you, Matt. <laughs> we, we love you. <laughs> um, so... In, in, in English, it actually sounds, it's actually really decent in, in English, mm. which is totally contradicts everything that we've just spoke about, about yeah. um, Not Down to Parry, but, um, and they did try to bring it over from Japan, because it is very, it is quite big in Japan, um, because of all the anime and, mm. and, and whatnot, um, and is, it is done very well on stage. So he wanted to bring it... The, the guy who wrote it wanted to bring it over here, but there's... I think... I don't know when he tried to bring it over. But especially now after the Netflix abomination that was Death Note, I don't think it will go down too well. Um, but that... Th- there's not enough um, people who like it and people who who mm-hmm. probably would enjoy it. Um, to bring it over to, over to the UK, mm. which is a huge shame, because every song slaps. Yeah. Every song is an absolute banger, um, and they've made some really, really good um, personality, choi- uh, personality differences to um, Misa Misa, which is the one of the only females in, in the story, because, oh my god, is she annoying in <laughs> the book and in the anime. Dear lord but in in the in the musical she's bearable. Um so if I if, if I were to um go and see something else in in that is not in English I it would probably wouldn't be one of those three.
1: Do You know what um just thinking about it then there's someone came up to me and obviously I write plays and I'd love to write a musical one day but someone mm-hmm. and I recently spoke to Catherine Johnson who wrote the script to Mamma Mia the musical. Nice. And uh ironically enough uh today is friday so the podcast has been released and i must advertise the hell out of it later on today so uh, (laughs) uh, i completely forgot anyway um so i was gonna say yeah one of the one of the things i'd love to do is for a musical is and i think it'll be catching people off by surprise but Mm -hmm. uh you are aware of iron maiden yes i would love to do an iron maiden the musical
0: Oh, okay. I'd
1: love to do one. Uh, people don't think of me as an Iron Maiden fan because the way I dress, as well, I haven't got a dress sense or code or anything. But normally, when when I when people know me, they know me as like this football guy or this geezer or this whatever um, or geezer. this or this, <laughs> or this uh, dickhead. <laughs> and uh, no, but it's just the way I. It, people say, "Oh, you're not really this hardcore or heavy metal kind of guy." But I love heavy metal. I love all sorts of music, and Iron Maiden became my deep crush for the the the, the band, and uh, yeah, and it was my first concert. Uh, my first concert was with Iron Maiden. <gasps> uh, you
2: lucky beggar! Yeah,
1: I know, but it was a day after the uh, Manchester bombings. It was. Oh. So it was. It was Ooh. scary, but I
2: loved it. it
1: <laughs> um Bruce Dickinson was the man, and I've always said. The music, you can do it in whatever way is possible. You can do it as singing all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's so doable because the songs are so long and the, the are. words are so poetic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That they're telling you a story. And another way you can do it is by literally just having a song, bit of dialogue, song, dialogue, etc. Mm-hmm. Typical musical. Yeah. But a lot of, one or two people said to me, "Oh, it wouldn't work. And I said, yes, it would work because it, you're telling a story. Yeah. And I said, I know that the main villain could sing "Fear of the Dark."
0: Oh, nice! Um,
1: So that would be yeah. I love to do a like I said, I I made a musical Mm -hmm. because you could tell the stories just from the lyrics alone. Yeah. Um, I can't remember uh, the Book of Souls. Um, I don't know if that's the actual title of the one of the songs, Mm -hmm. but in the beginning of the. The song he goes he is a son of a man um conjuring is is oh, something i can't remember it because when you're on the spot when you're trying to, but yeah. yeah he is a son of a man <laughs> it's like oh that'll be good to start the musical off yeah. um yeah i'd love to do one and i know it would probably sell ah. if the rock of ages can sell Iron Maiden can sell.
0: Well, that's what I thought about um, Bat Out of Hell. Yeah. Did you see that?
1: I didn't see it, but I've heard the songs and everything. And like I said, I, I just think, like I said about Iron Maiden, I think it's a, Iron Maiden songs could, could could work because of the context behind the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, the context behind the songs, that the songs itself, you know, you can change, You could do it as operatic or you could do it as... I mean, you really need a, a tenor. You really need good tenors to actually pull off an Iron Maiden song. Yes. Because there's another one. I think it's Brave New World. Um, Bruce Dixon is, is literally going,
2: Your time will come!
1: Like that. He's literally mm-hmm. going for it. And I'm like, I I mean, I, I'm i a tenor, but I can't go where he's going, you know? Yeah. Um, But it, it, Battle of Hell... It, we all love Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. We all love what he's done. But it, it, I think it's like it said, it's like Rock of Ages work because it was a melody of rock, famous rock and roll 80s classics. Yes. Um, and then you've got Battle of Hell, which is <clears throat> all Meatloaf songs that many people, no disrespect to Meatloaf, there are probably one or two Meatloaf songs that people don't like. There's mm-hmm. only a, like, a, like a handful,
0: Yeah.
1: maybe a, a ton, no offense to meet up, I love me off to bits. Mm-hmm. I, I would never slander the man, may he rest in peace, but yep. um
0: cried. Literally bawled my eyes out in work. <laughs> um,
1: but it's like a song like uh, Rock and Roll of You. Uh, is if that that's Rock the
0: one. and Roll Dreams Come True. Yeah.
1: Dreams Come True. Um what's the one he sang with Cher?
0: Um
1: uh, then you got Battle of Hell, then it's I would do anything,
0: anything for love but, love,
1: but I won't do that.
0: No. <laughs> no, I, I won't, won't do that. Oh,
1: <laughs> this podcast is going way out of control.
0: Yeah, but I I actually went to see it purely because it was meatloaf. Mm. And um I'm not gonna lie. If Dad did anything right, it was introduced me to you know some absolute banging music. Oh my lord! Um, what? Sorry. Um. So I so I took my my partner and we both sat there and I I now when I went to see it I enjoyed it and I was I wasn't obsessed with it but you know it was great. I was absolutely you know raving about it when I when, when I got back but then the, the more that I kind of remembered it the more I was just like mm, there are certain things that didn't make sense and then I spoke about it excuse me when I went to my makeup course because I was studying uh, my makeup at the time and I mentioned it and someone uh, another theatre goer turned around and he was like oh it was shit And I felt my heart just, like, break. And I was like, well, why? And then he made me aware that the original concept is actually based on Peter Pan. Um, Which doesn't make sense when I say it to you. And it won't make sense, especially if you haven't seen it. But it will make sense if you have now the, the there were a couple of other songs specifically written for the musical um i think uh, the there's one particularly called the butcher is king um and that's for the captain hook-esque mm. uh character the bad guy um and there were some style choices which i did kind of question at the beginning um like so for the for the Okay, we'll we'll refer it to um to kind of Peter Pan. So, the Wendy kind of character, the person that Peter Pan falls in love with, um, she is on a she's on a second level on the, on the stage, and then there is a guy with a camera that is recording what she does, and it's shown on these tea, on, on this TV, um, on the stage, which sounds brilliant on paper. But on the page but on the stage it doesn't really work
1: it's not really captivating it's
0: it's not captivating because you don't know where you don't know where to where to look because you want to look at what she's doing you don't want to look at a screen but to be able to see what she's doing you need to look at the screen and if you're further back or if you're up in the gods you're not going to see that mm. um so that was one thing that I was a bit like, mm-hmm. um, I have to admit, the singing was great. Mm-hmm. There was um, the two, the song Two Out Of Three Ain't Bad is um, predominantly sung by a woman. And when I saw it on stage, it was sung by this black woman. And oh my Lord, her voice was just Mwah! chef's kiss. It was amazing. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, you had "Bat Out of Hell," um, which was. Do which... people
1: join in the songs? I, I. You know, you got like rock yard pictures where some people yeah. do join in on the songs and that, and mm. um, but.
0: I don't remember. I think they they definitely did um, once the once everything was all done and they kind of sung the reprise or the reprise however you want to pronounce it. Um, but in my hu- in my heart. Like even though I was kind of just watching it as a normal um, theater goer, my inner rock and roll child was just like bouncing again, you know, bouncing mm. inside me, and it was like, I would do anything for. That's not. I don't think that's actually. I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the way that they did that Out of Hell" because he they were he was actually on a motorbike, and then when it's uh, when he's singing about, um, but I didn't see the. Um but I didn't see but I didn't see the sudden turn till it's way too late. Um the bike just goes up into the air and then it splits
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it it is fantastic just remembering it now, it, it is phenomenal, it is fantastic. But then there is a love heart that kind of bursts into flames mm-hmm. and I'm not too sure about that and then um, you know, there are certain question- questionable things to, um, you just want to sit there and you go, why? Why did, why
1: did they do that?
0: Why? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of, just trying to remember it now, the only other thing that I can remember apart from this bike going up, um, is the, I think it's Paradise by the Dashboard, um, now, in the middle, in, in the uh, towards the end of the song, you know. You know that he, they're, they're trying to do the nasty. Mm. Um, but they but in in the in the song he turns it to ba- um, baseball. I think mm. it is, because um, yeah. Um,
1: I always I think a lot of people as well when you listen to Battle Hell. I think as soon as after Meatloaf says, "Will I go sinner, the gates of hell." When I go sinner, the gates of heaven, I go crawling on back to you. I think everyone assumes that song's over, and then you seem to forget.
2: That. Do, 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 do. No, no,
1: no, not that way. No, the, the the very last time he says it.
2: Oh right. Okay. And there's
1: two minutes left of the song. Yeah. And people don't know that. I think as soon as he's, I don't know. I I thought that, and then until I had to listen to the um so I listened to the song properly where mm-hmm. I went oh but I still every every time he actually finishes off with that I just turn it off no offense to me love anything it's yeah. just it's so perfect yeah but then it just goes on and then I goes know. on
2: yeah
1: but yeah no, I know I get get what you mean though um but that's what I mean with some jukebox musicals where how how do you do it where can yeah. you do it um it's like when I said about I am maiden I know for a fact that um it could be a story about the underworld it could be a story about a fantasy Mm. place yeah it's not going to be a realistic or stylistic source of material to do an iron maiden song because the songs in there are literally fantastical the the fantasy they're in a dreamland they they take you on a treacherous journey into Mm. wastelands and uh, you know you mean it's dreamlands and everything it's just it's what it is. Yeah. And that's why I always think if I was to write a script for I Am Eating the Musical, that's how i do it. Yeah. It can't be done realistically because it just, yeah. it would never work. Mamma Mia, the musical? Yes.
0: Yeah. Just
1: give them that. I'd love to do a Phil Collins musical one day. Ooh. A lot of people don't like the idea. Oh. Who I've spoken to. Oh, okay. Um, But I would. Mm-hmm. Because it would be a lovely romance uh, musical,
2: yeah,
1: or it'd be a lovely, um, uh, like a coming of age story,
2: right? Yeah,
1: because um, I love to have um, you know the the song "I Don't Care Anymore." That a character like that could be like a rebel character. Oh, I don't care anymore, you know. And mm-hmm. it could be um, two hearts living in just one mind. That could be the two the couple um Susudio. They just have a party scene, you know. I got it all figured out. Yeah, yeah. Write um, me a white jukebox musicals with Phil Collins and Iron Maiden. Yes, freaking please. <laughs> yes,
0: please. Because then, um, because I have to admit, I don't know what um, the Queen musical is like. We will rock you, and I don't know what the the Green Day musical is like.
1: I've never seen the Green Day musical, but I haven't seen We Will Rock You. But my my fiance has and she said it's it's amazing the way they did it as well is yeah because it's apparently it's about the story of finding the powerful guitar the most powerful guitar in the world or I something which, like
0: which one's this now is we that all oh, right
1: yeah one minute so after that toilet break
0: after that well trying to find the um the powerful guitar it sounds a lot like um a tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny.
1: Mm. But they go for
0: the pick. It's like yeah, they, they the go f- they go for the pick and they. Ask All to a be... fucking time! ago
2: in town a town a kick a They lived a, a, a humble, humble family, religious through the
0: through.
1: Did you know they... the the father is Meatloaf?
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't realise until I just went. That's Meatloaf.
0: As soon as as soon as he came in and then started singing, I was like, Gasp! Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, Going from the conversation that we had just a second ago, but now talking about um, podcasts and the whole jushing, yeah. The, what made you want to go into um, podcasts and doing this whole podcasting?
1: Right. So, podcasting. I I wanted to do a podcast ever since. Um, now I'm a huge wrestling fan, and I was introduced to professional. Um, podcasting sort of came into the wrestling world even though I, I i sort of knew there was podcast shows outside of wrestling but for me it was just mainly wrestling yeah. i went to the cardiff motorpoint arena for a comic-con and it was a couple of wrestlers and a wrestler called Cole cabana who does the art of wrestling podcast mm-hmm. um he did a live show there in cardiff nice. right? and three three people were interviewed one of them was the british bulldog son david boy smith and there was hardcore Holly, and uh, there was a referee who's like a wrestling agent manager, etc. So um, there, there, there was a couple of things that I really found amazing, and I was like, oh, I want to do one, and I thought I could do a wrestling one. But then um, I'm, I'm glad I didn't because now there's too many wrestling podcast shows out there. There's too many wrestling fans who I think have got too much of an opinion.
2: Right. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I got my friend Gav does one, and it, it's amazing. I think he's done really well, and he will go far with it. Um but I knew that I think people were jumping on the bandwagon to, to say like, right, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and mm-hmm. et cetera. So I thought, right, I'll, um, w- what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And then i watched watch Under the Kosh podcast, which is all to do with football. And I thought, I love my football. I'll do a football podcast. And because I've had so many contacts over the years, yeah. I actually managed to get a couple of guests. Now, the podcasting, um, I always wanted to do one. I wanted to do Dragon's Boys podcast that's what it was going to be i thought it's all going to be welsh football orient orientated mm-hmm. um problem was uh i did not know whether or not i was going to do it via skype there was no zoom then <laughs> it, was, it was just skype yeah and yeah. uh and i thought oh why don't i travel to these places because mm-hmm. i was working i thought i was working and i can go off and do it um then the pandemic hit and then zoom came in came in and that's when it all sort of came together and i messaged a couple of people that I knew um and dragon's voice podcast was born i believe so quickly i should have planned it more Mm -hmm. because that way then uh, i should have built up enough contacts well i I did have the contact but i should have built up who i really wanted on the show because i was running on an improvising structure Uh Uh, meaning that um i was going to release a podcast episode every friday and if i couldn't find a guest i would be stuck until my friend liam got involved mm-hmm. and we i would contact him to say look i can't find a guest can you come on and let's talk about xyz mm-hmm. um he said yes but then there were times where he was too busy because he was he was in his doing his a levels and obviously i was doing well i wasn't doing uni but i was out on furlough in some ways yeah and it got to the point where i lost my job uh, from dw sports and i was doing the podcast but 2020 in a sense for podcasting wise it was okay it was brilliant because everyone was stuck indoors and I got to contact people um, really really well but other than that it was all a shitstorm as we all know as we all suffered with however by the time 2021 came around I struggled big time for guests Uh I was not enjoying it it felt more like a not a duty. What's the word I'm looking for, Pip? Chore. Sure. It was a chore. It was like a chore that I had to do. and But it was, in a sense, when I introduced it to Anchor, or when someone, a friend of mine, Kieran, who I had on the show, mm-hmm. introduced me to Anchor, I felt that it 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 gave me a bit of a leeway. Problem was, I was releasing the... Um, visual format on youtube and then trying to release all the audio formats on anchor that would go out to spotify and so i was literally building too much up so um and in the end uh, i was falling out of love with it i felt like this chore it's not it's not fun anymore and because obviously 2021 everything was sort of coming back into mm-hmm. like that, we get to do this now. We get to do that now, and people and people were getting busy again, mm-hmm. and that's when I was struggling, and I was not enjoying it, and I was struggling to find a job. I managed to get Christmas work in Card Factory, but I was hoping that someone would take me on part time,
2: yeah,
1: so I can carry on doing the things I love to do, yeah. So, but I was I was loving the podcast. I was loving everything about it, um, but then because the theatre world was still shut down, it was, and football became such a, I mean, you know me, but along with everyone else who knows me better, they know I'm football mad, but even during the pandemic, it made me realise football's not the be all to end all. And I fell out of love for football, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't the main reason.
2: Oh, okay.
1: It wasn't the main reason. Um, So, and it, it sort of intertwines with, the downfall of dragons. I wouldn't say the downfall. I just ended it just to stop it. But I'll tell you the reason. So, okay. um, I really wanted to find work in the industry. Um, so I managed to. Uh, well, I was on. You know, I'm technically still am, but I'm not because I got work. I got a job, but I'm looking to get out of the universal credit schemes now. Yeah. Well, I was on universal credit, and because I was under twenty five, then I was given the opportunity to do kickstart schemes and I applied for a company. I won't say their names, even though I did mention them in my YouTube videos and probably another podcast in Dragon's Voice. So if people know, people know, Yes. right? But if people don't know, I'm not going to say the names because there are people that I actually do like. Um. I didn't realise this at the time. I was really desperate uh, for work. So I managed to apply for this job as a production assistant, which I thought would be... Brilliant, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was for a company that was based down Cardiff Bay. Great. Even better, I can get the training. So I had this Zoom interview with the three gentlemen. Um, They, they were lovely. They were cool. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be working and well, I, I did a, well, I believe I did such a good job interview that two hours after I had the interview, they offered me the position. Nice. right so I thought I did a grand job there but this is where the downfall came um I was questioning myself and then my mental health went downhill um, and my first day on the job I freaked out not in front of them but I freaked out afterwards because basically we weren't introduced into the office we weren't they weren't allowed to go in back into the offices mm-hmm. so. I felt, and because I wasn't properly introduced to the whole environment and to the whole thing, and the way I expected, because it was a kickstart scheme, Mm -hmm. and if some people don't know what a kickstart scheme is, it's basically the government uh, pay companies to take people on, one or two people on for their works, and they would train them. They would basically develop skills and everything, right? But it's for six months, right? It's for six months. And basically the government pay them, and they pay 75 say 75 or 80 percent the government pays and the other company has to pay the extra 20 percent right a bit like furlough um so um obviously i was getting paid by the government and in this interview they kept saying six months six months all right for the next six months you're going to be doing this for the next six months you're going to be doing that they kept emphasizing six months right and um so the first day uh they were telling me, "Right, Reese, can you do this? Can you do this for f- watch?" Now I'm dropping little hints here for people who actually know what I'm talking about. right? Like, can you do this? Can you? They're basically saying, "Right, write a, an article. Right, do this. Make a video for that, and make a video for this." And I was like, "What? What? You know, I, I I'm all I got is this laptop, hmm. and you're telling me these things that you are uh, you are familiar with, but I'm not familiar with it. So I felt completely." A fish out of water. Yeah. And there were so many tasks that I actually had to do. I literally just crumbled right from the get-go. And I remember getting off the Zoom call and obviously having to do the work Mm -hmm. um, for the next... Because basically the contract was five hours... A a 25-hour contract uh, from Monday to Friday. No weekends. Brilliant. Okay? But um it felt like more than five hours that i had to do and i remember we had like people visiting from my missus place and i remember i was shaking and i and i was on the verge of breaking down and i basically cried in front of my missus thinking i I can't do this i really can't do this i I don't know what's going on I, Mm -hmm. i can't do this and apologies if there's a phone ringing in the background people but anyway um I, I kept saying I, I don't know if I can do this, I don't know if I can do this. Um and it's a bit of my fault, but their fault at the same time. So anyway, Emily Emily said to me, Right, carry on with it. Just, just I think because it's your first day, you haven't worked for so long, it it's probably that.
2: Yeah.
1: It's probably that reason. So I was like, okay. And it will it is something to do with the podcast, people. I, I will get on to it mm-hmm. no time. Just just trust me on this. So the first three weeks, um, we were just all having to be on Zoom calls, and the guy, the creative director who I was working with, I thought, you know, being a nice guy and everything, he was very all smiley and fun at times, but then at times he was patronizing, he was contradicting himself most of the times, and this company only started in 2016. Oh, okay. 15, 16, something like that. So, uh, I'm not slagging them out. If people think I'm slagging them out, I'm not slagging them out. I'm just telling you from my perspective how I felt at that time. I'm not trying to run them down. Yeah. But this is, like I said, it's not entirely their fault. It's my fault at the same time. Mm -hmm. I should have done my homework better. But at the same time, my mental health just came out of nowhere. And it just, straight away, I crumbled. And every time I got up every day, I was not looking forward to the new day. I was not looking forward to what they were doing. Yeah. And... So there were times where he would tell me to do this, tell me to do that. And they basically just threw me in a deep end and I was not ready for it. I thought, like in a that seems, they gradually tell you, like, if if they would have told me at the very beginning, I think, I do hope um, these were the two outcomes at first. First one was, right, you write two, two articles. That's it for your week. Write two articles. Let's see what you like as a writer. Yeah. And then we'll gradually get you involved with video editing, etc. No, nope, didn't do that at all. Uh, get into the, I think if, if there was no COVID or if the restrictions were lifted and we were allowed to go into the office, maybe I would have been a lot more calm, a lot more um, productive in the environment. That way then I would have felt better.
2: Yeah.
1: Not saying I would have been completely better, but better enough that I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And um, and every day that went by, I was miserable. And there was a one time they, they threw me in such a deep end, they had to, they got me to call up, they called me up, a, no, the creative director called me up on a Tuesday and said, right, i got a task for you, can you call up these five areas of North Wales and say that and organise that, we're going to bring a film crew down to um, film you guys up in North Wales and everything. I was like, yeah, but I'm not going up North Wales. If I was going up North Wales with them, with this cameraman, in the mm-hmm. interview, I would have been a little bit more, but I wouldn't want to do that anyway. Yeah. So I was trying to call him up, and I was freaking out. I was stressing out. I was thinking, "This is. I think I'm a fish out. Well, I think this is not for me." Um, my love for football, even though we're doing a lot of football projects, it died. My love for football died. It just, I'm. I knew then. I was like, I'm not happy. And when we were allowed to go back to the offices, around the corner was the Millennium Centre, mm-hmm. and every time I walked past it, I was like, I be there I want to work there mm. if I freaked out I wouldn't care cuz I, I it's theater
2: yeah
1: I would I would know how to gradually work my way around it but I wasn't and I got along with people there there was there was three bosses and I got along with I felt like I got along with all of them but um the, the one creative director I felt like he was like I said patronizing the any idea was stupid to him even though he said there's no stupid ideas I was like well that's not all what I'm reading on your face yeah um so so anyway um as we were allowed to go into the offices i felt like this one big stressfully there was one big relief and that was um they had this uh assignment or deal with um visit wales where we had to create content of gifts and memes and everything Mm -hmm. and i bossed it Mm -hmm. I literally bossed it. I was I was making gifts like there's no tomorrow. I had the ideas. And at the time, uh, the Euros, so the football Euros was on so that um, my creative director and one or two others were going on the Wales tour so that they were going to be around Wales for the next month. And I wasn't going to see him again. And the second boss that I was working with, lovely guy. I'm not, I'm not going to say their names, but he was a yes. lovely guy.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, he was saying, right, your focus is just whales, watch, Make the gifts, make everything. And I felt like, oh, my God, I'm just tasked with that one thing. I can do it. No problem. And the other thing was I had to do the introductions and the music to the podcast they did. Not a problem. Uh, that is fine. I'm happy. If they just gave me those two things right at the get-go... I know that it wasn't mm-hmm. but right at the get-go I would have been fine
2: yeah. and if
1: he wanted to give me just gradually I mean they showed me a couple of things but I just felt like I should have had more time instead of it was all oh, so key rushed mm-hmm. and I was shaking I was every time I finished work it was such a relief but then it was six months I didn't even last six months I lasted four the guy I was speaking to I can't remember his name uh, No, I'll say, I I know his name, but I can, his name is lovely guy. Mm -hmm. Great guy. Um, They thought he was useless. I thought he was a great help because I got along with him. Yeah. And he was basically sort of like my um, comfort zone kind of thing. And he was told that, right, he was on the kickstart scheme and he was basically told um, that they didn't want him no more. Uh, they didn't want him no more um because apparently he was useless I didn't think he was useless I think they just they just didn't show him what to do or tell him enough yeah so as soon as he left I deep down I was freaking out I had a panic attack in the um in the in their toilets
2: uh-huh.
1: I was like oh, I, I, what am I gonna do what am I gonna do um I'm not saying it's their fault I mean at yeah. the same time I think I should have known better or I should have been more pre- prepared better but I was like what am I gonna do mm-hmm and a new guy came in, he was, he's like, he's a lovely guy, Um, you could take him with a pinch of salt the way he comes across, but that was my way of thinking, but, um, so I think when it got to July time, they were saying, they had a, like a halfway meeting with me, and they said, right, Reese, you're good at this, you're good at that, we're going to try and get you to do more of this, and I didn't want to be doing more of what they wanted me to do. I was like more than happy to do, carry on what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And every time, like I said, if I went out for lunch or went out somewhere to do some content creating on my own, I would literally stand there and look at the Wales Millennium Center and think, I miss Mm theatre.
0: Do
1: you know what? I missed it so much that before the pandemic, I took theatre for granted. I took the whole musical for granted and I missed it terribly. Yeah, I missed it so much. I was like, I, I feel sick. I, I want to leave, and every time I kept telling uh, my fiance this. My fiance bless her. She said, "You do what's right for you. Yeah. I will not tell you any different." But every time I kept telling my family members and my bamp. And like I said, my bamp's an old. He's he's a he's an old timer. He's he's a working man's man. Mm-hmm. If something it bothers him, he'll just get on with it, and he'll tell him straight. But because it's six months, he was telling me Reese, it's good pay. Think of the money. Think it's only two months three or two months left and i was like okay 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 but when i had two months left and this is when it all went (laughs) downhill so um what happened was they had uh, they wanted to do some film coverages for the welsh cup first round now i know you're not a sporting person um but in any early stages of cup tournaments right Mm whether it's preliminary or first round proper rounds, there will be teams that are not really successful or they're either small clubs or they haven't got a big history.
2: Yeah.
1: I was tasked along with Maxson, Maxim was to get in contact with some of these people, but my job was to l- research um, football matches that would be useful to film, on the condition that um, the, the games were on a Saturday, not on the Fridays. That's fine. No problem. But I didn't know that. They only just did the draw. And I'm looking at. I I thought, this is a good one. Now, my knowledge of Welsh football history was strong, I'd say. So I said, these five matches will be brilliant. There's a Merthyr derby. This team, you know, back in the day, they won five Welsh Cups because it was like a Welsh Cup themed. And and after I sent it off, I proposed it. They were like, oh, great. That's brilliant. Following day, they released the dates. Oh. Of, they released the dates of the games and those matches I picked were going to be played on the Friday, not the Saturday. I did not know this. I did the research I and I will explicitly take this all the way to my grave. Mm-hmm. I did not know they put those games on the Friday. I did not know at all. They, it didn't say on the website. It didn't say on the posters. It didn't say on anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I know what I was researching.
2: Yeah.
1: I had a phone call an hour, half hour before I was finishing. Now, bear in mind, I booked myself a week off work, holiday, pay the lot for my birthday, right? Yeah. I get a call off my creative director, Rhys. And this is what his first thing was said to me. Rhys, yeah? Why are your ideas shit?
2: Oh.
1: And my heart sunk. And I just went, why is he saying this to me? Mm-hmm. I don't need this right now it's my last day before I get a week off why is he saying this to me I went well I don't think the asher sure. why is that and he goes what have I told you about booking matches on Fridays and I said they weren't on Fridays when I looked at the 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 the, the fixtures and everything it said to be confirmed mm-hmm. I didn't know they were going to be booked on the Friday. Well, that's not good enough because you made me look like a dick in front of the arrangements. Now we're gonna to have to go back and reschedule everything. Blah 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 blah. You got half hour until. You got half hour to to find the next matches before you finish. So. I'm stressing out. I'm, literally typing away. I managed to get a couple, and. There were some that when I messaged him, it's like, he send laughing faces kind of way. It was like, oh, these are league matches. I was like, yeah, but they got good history. Mm-hmm. No, it's not good enough. No, it's not good enough. And it was like, very patronizing kind of thing. And anyway, I was like, I thought you were the nice guy in this interview when I had, no, you're not, you're the dick.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, I'm on a kickstart scheme. You're supposed to train me and you're just leaving me out to hang to dry. Yeah. How, how dare you?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, if he, I mean, if he finds out, if he finds out it was him and he confronts me, I was like, no, up yours, you know, and I will definitely call him out on it. Yeah. So, um, I'm typing away. And I'm. I tried to apologize. I said, look, I'm, I'm sorry, but this is. I tried to, I tried to apologize, but justify my reasons. Yeah. And in the end, he said, look, don't matter. Uh, I should have had a go of. <laughs> and he didn't. He didn't have a go of. <laughs> and, he, and no offense. The the creative director liked. Shit. He had his favorites. Yeah. He had his favorites. Blatant, clear as crystal. Day. Go and enjoy your week. Go and enjoy your week. It was my birthday. So like go enjoy your birthday. Go enjoy your week. And do you know what? Do you know that week? Mm. It was the best week I ever had, for yeah. a long time. For a long time.
2: Yeah.
1: No stress. No pressure. And even before all this happened, right? The you know when I was telling you about the North Wales thing that I was held held responsible, right? My name was producer on it. I was like, I'm not a producer. You're just telling me to go and look for these people. No Why are you putting me as producer? They tried asking me to contact a variety of people. I couldn't get a hold of this one particular, like Aberystwyth Town Football Club. Saturday came.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not supposed to do any work. Reese, have you called up Aberystwyth Football Club? Reese, have you done this? Reese, have you done that? I was like, no, I couldn't. He said, like, can you do it now, please? It's like, it's Saturday. My hours are up. Yeah. I didn't say that to him, but I was like, oh, I, but I was gardening in someone's house. So I'm having to stop the garden, trying to contact Aberystwyth Town Football Club. Thankfully, they answered and they said, yeah, no problem. And I said, yep, no problem, dun, 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 everything. But they should have they done that. They should have, yeah.
0: They
1: should have done that, not me. My 25 hours were up. From Monday to Friday, they were up. So I said this on my birthday to the guys who we I went out for drinks with at the football club. I went, my, my love for football is dead. I'm not enjoying this job. If it was at the theatre, I would have hand on heart. If it was the same situations, I would have just brushed right through it.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm not enjoying this. I feel sick. I feel tired. I'm stressed. I'm mentally not. I thought I'd be mentally strong for this. I'm not mentally strong for this. No. Um, I, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm not happy at all.
0: Do you think. That if you if you were in the office and if they showed you what to do from day one, if you had more of a positive day one, do you think you would have been? Do you think that you would have survived the six months if you had? Yes. Um,
1: no. That? Yes. Absolutely. I would have. Yeah. Definitely, hands on heart, hand, I would have. But it is what it. Is. Like I said, I'm not trying to blame them. I'm not trying to say it's all your fault, because. Yeah. yeah. I had a responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying it was both the faults of both parties.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: It is what it is, though. So, by the time I came back, right, so this is when the nail, I think, this is what broke the straw that broke the camel's back, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, we go into this meeting is me, the creative director, and two others for There's another woman there. I won't say her name because I actually like this girl. She's from America, and if she knows who she is, She's awesome, um, oh, lovely, okay. lovely. And she taught me how to write the article. She basically taught me everything. Oh, fine. Not the creative director, she taught me everything. So um, uh, we're in this meeting and they're talking about female representatives in this thing, there was this documentary, but I wasn't aware of this because they all started this on my week off. Ah. So they're talking about something I am not familiar with. So I'm oh. on my, I thought I wasn't involved in this. Mm -hmm. Hand on that, I thought I was not involved in it. If someone told me, Reese, you're involved with this, can we ask for some of your ideas? I would have gone fair enough, right? I know it sounds stupid, it's like, oh, people should. It's like their excuse is, oh, you should know. No, it's your job to let me know what is going on. Mm -hmm. You're a boss. Yeah. Anyway, I'm on my phone looking up Welsh football stuff to do. Yes. Ideas. And the thing is, they ask for the meeting an hour before I leave, I finish, Aww. right? So I'm looking, at, I'm looking at my phone constantly at the time, thinking, I, I had to be somewhere by now.
2: Yeah.
1: I had to be somewhere. So, um, oh, there you go, I said his name. I said his name, oh, well, I'll just see the creative director.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: Um, He kept looking at me, and he's looking at me, and he, and he goes, do you have to be somewhere, Reese? Why are you on your phone? And I, and I basically said, well, I'm looking at Welsh football fans. I was like, yeah, but you're involved in this. We want your opinion on this. I was like, I don't know what you're doing. So we'll pay attention next time. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know what you're doing. I, I did not know what you were doing as soon as we walked into the room.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so they finished this section off and I thought, right, well, I get to go home now. And he calls me into the office back into the meeting room again yeah. and uh, he basically rips me in your asshole. so he, he basically says you were like a a spoiled teenager looking at the clock uh, as, if, as if you got somewhere better to do uh he basically just told me off and i should have you know i looking back i should have said something i really should have said something because there's nothing wrong with defending yourself in any working environment mm-hmm. but i didn't because in my head, I was thinking at the time. I got two months left. I got two months left. I can get through this. Don't no problem. But he basically ripped me such a new one. He. I just thought oh, I'm, I'm done. And I was like, "Yep, okay, no problem, no problem." And uh, we left the office. I got my stuff, and I was shaking. I thought I was going to be on the verge of tears, not because of him, just because of everything. <laughs> and I took one look at them. I had to literally walk to the Walesman Center, look at the building, and then walk back to the. I had to, I walked I walked for a while before I got to the best stop. And, he sends me in an email saying, "Let me reiterate." <gasps> oh. Let me reiterate, Um, and he basically, and he said exactly the same thing in the office, you are here for you, you are here for your own benefit, you are not here for our benefit, it's for you, it's for you, 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 he was basically saying it's all you.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Well first of all, it's a kickstart scheme, government's paying you to keep me on, to develop skills. So basically, you're getting money out of this, you, you cheeky mouthy bastard. Mm. Don't do that. Yeah. Second of all, right, you're supposed to be developing me. This is not developing. If you're saying this is the real world and people are ripping me a new asshole, and I yes, I've seen that done, but at the same time, you can be a better boss by actually being a better person, yeah. right? And if he says he's a better person and people are going to defend him on this one, I don't care. This is my experience with him. Fuck him. Yeah. Right? Excuse my language. But anyway, um, I tell my BAMP, I tell my missus and my missus said, do you know what, Reese? I strongly support you leaving. Do you know what I said as well in the email? When he said, let me reiterate. I said, I don't want to let you down. I don't want to let the company down. I don't want to let anyone down. I've, I've..." and I'm trying to say I'm enjoying my time. And And I said, look, I got two months left of this contract. I wanna see it out and try to do well. Do you know what his response was? Okay. Nope. You saying you have six months, um, you saying you have two months left to your contract is an indicator to me that you don't want to be here at all. If you don't want to be here at all, just say it and you can leave. And, and I just sat there for a moment. I went, you hypocrite. Mm. Because right from the get-go, you you and the two other bosses, now bear in mind, the two other bosses have been wonderful to me. It was just him. Yeah. They all kept saying to me, "Is oh, for the next six months, for the next six months, in these six months, in the six months,
2: mm-hmm.
1: couldn't even... So what am I supposed to do then? If he's saying that, what am I supposed to do? Just ride out the six months and not look for something else at the same time?
0: did did you Did you ever consider going to the higher-ups? And be like, look, this guy is actually harassing...
1: He is the higher up. The three of them. That's why I said the three bosses.
0: Oh, so there's no higher than him?
1: There's no higher than him. There was the three bosses. That's the worst thing about it. The the three bosses were basically the ones who founded the company. Mm. That's why in 2016 they founded it. It was was them three.
0: Oh, I see.
1: Mm. Oh. But, but, but... Uh, universal Credit and the kickstart scheme people They kept an update on me And I told them everything I said that I'm not enjoying this And do you know what they advised me They oh. said to me we won't blame you Because I was worried that if I left That it would have cost me looking for another job In the kickstart or whatever yeah. Nope the kickstart people and the universal credit people Turned to me and said if you want to leave leave We will strongly support you on that
2: oh, and we good. will." And
1: they said we will defend If they start complaining about you we will defend you And guess what yeah. because you said this we will not refer anyone, anyone else to them again.
0: Oh, good, because sometimes, especially Universal Credits, they will penalise you for. But that's for what leaving.
1: yeah, but that's what I was worried about.
0: Mm.
1: But no, because they like me because I obviously come across as whatever. Yeah. They actually said no. We will we will strongly defend you to the end for this one, Reese. Um, you've you've always and the thing is as well because while I was with Universal Credit, I proved to them that I was looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. If I if I don't think. If I didn't show them that I was looking for jobs, I think it would have been a different way. Yes. But because I was proving to them that I was willing to look for whatever, mm-hmm. I think that's why they were going to defend me. It's like, we know this guy can look for a job. We know this guy's a hard worker. We know that he can do it. So that's the reason why they stepped by me. Even the Kickstart people said, we won't refer to any of them again. So let me reiterate, uh, indicate, and I was like, uh, okay. And I wish I could have kept the screenshots of the uh, emails because they literally shut down my emails after I sent it in my letter of resignation. Because um, what had happened was, um, I said to my missus, I'm done. My band kept telling me, my family kept telling me, stick it out. The only one who, apart from Emily, the only one who said, I will stand by whatever decision you make. And no offence to my band, I love him to bits. He always stood by me through thick and thin, but his way of thinking is not anyway. Mm. But the only one who actually stood by me and, and said, do what you got to do is my dad. My dad said, "Do what you got to do to make yourself happy again." Legend. And um, and what did I do? Typed up the uh, the letter of resignation. Walked in on the Wednesday, and keep in mind, my missus' great grandfather passed away around that time as well. Mm. And his funeral was that week on the Friday.
2: Yeah.
1: And I wasn't going to be in on the Friday, and I certainly was not going to spend another day or two in this in that office.
2: Yeah.
1: I wrote. The letter of resignation, I printed it out in the office And I signed it And I said to the creative director Can I have a word with you in the meeting? And he stood there and he smiled like, oh, what's what's happening? And I basically said, here's my letter of resignation I'm not really enjoying this um, Can I still have a reference off you and everything? But thank you for giving me the experience um, I'm going to say we're going to call it quits We shook on it Bear in mind, it's half nine in the morning. I was supposed to be starting. We left the office. Well, the office meeting board me or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I picked up my uh, bag and he looked at me and went, what, are you leaving now?
0: Yes, mate.
1: And I literally went, yes. And he went, why? And I went, i got better things to do.
0: <laughs> Use his own words against, against him. Yeah.
1: And I got up. I went, ta-da and walked out whilst giving the peace sign as i left even though it was the v sign uh, it was the a pure sign <laughs> where it was like peace but to them it was like
2: yeah
1: and i and you know what pip i'll tell you this for now my love for the football podcast died so that's how dragon's voice died because i couldn't find any more guests yeah they didn't help me with the podcast they didn't everything so it slowly died off i didn't enjoy it they were the reason why um it, it was the final re- nail in the coffin mm-hmm. but I remember walking down those stairs and as soon as I got onto the Cardiff Bay concrete yeah I went <sighs> I just breathed out and I walked up I was walking home and my Grandfather, I love him to bits, and he's always been strongly supportive of me. Mm-hmm. He's read my plays. He's watched me perform. He's always lent me money. He's always done everything for me. I will not stand to him, but it was the only time he gave me a bollocking f- uh, for leaving. He said, you had two months left. You could have gotten so much more money. You've got to think of the money, think of the money. you got no job now. He was basically with me and you weren't. But I just sat there on the phone, not giving a damn what yeah. he was saying. I was like, I don't care. What? See,
0: now I... <sighs> Because well, I haven't had a similar experience but I've had a similar experience to what your granddad was, was telling you over the phone and I don't think that people understand what how, how important our mental health is nowadays mm-hmm. um, is that yes it's all well and good that we've got two months left yes it's all well and good that we're going to be getting money from it but if you're not enjoying it and if if you haven't got the motivation to get up in the morning and going ah i'm going to work today and i'm going to do something that i enjoy if you haven't got that and especially after the pandemic a lot of people are realizing this what is the point in going to work to earn the money if you're not going to enjoy it mm. and i with in your shoes i would have left early mm. I, I probably would have i would have turned around to them earlier and gone well you you haven't taught me you haven't given me the necessary um training which you promised the government that you were going to do and it's the reason why they're paying you to do this is to give me experience so i can go off into the world and they didn't follow up on on their side of the bargain so you were left out by Not, but did you, did you actually leave any, did did you leave with any skills? Did you, did you, uh, with any skills, quote, quote, that you learnt from that place? Have you?
1: Experience, yes, but I wouldn't say I developed any skills. No. No. They said, oh, producing skills and that. Yeah, but I've done that before. Mm. I I, I, I don't think, um, sorry people if you're listening here of the background, because like I said, it's coming to four o'clock. Uh, Well, it's gone past four o'clock I've got to be in Cardiff by five, but don't worry, it's okay, it's all good. Okay. Um, um, Well, anyway, yeah, uh, I don't believe I developed any skills. I've been to, I've worked in DW Sports, I work in Trespass. They have given me better skills than what they have in media and, you know, life.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: They did not. Um, In terms of experience, I've been on documentary sets, I've been on film sets... I've spoken to people, I've contributed in some ways, but in terms of uh, group skills, individual skills, no. If they've heard this right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they try to defend themselves, I'm telling you now, I am not making this shit up. Why would I make it up? Exactly. Why would I come out and try to jeopardise? And it is the thing, I'm being fair, I've not named the company. hmm Oh, I I slipped up on the individual's name.
2: Yeah.
1: But I've tried to be respectful by not naming people. And the people I have named are the ones who I've not got an issue with. Yes. Apart from maybe one or two that I've said, oh, she's this. But that's because I don't want to bring her name involved. In the end, I I was glad. I was glad I left. Mm -hmm. And during the last month of my sort of theoretically my of time at the, this company
2: mm-hmm.
1: i thought of a new podcast show brand new idea and a brand new structure i knew what i wanted to do so i thought i'll release it it was going to be called it was going to be called creative space it was going to be called creative corner or uh, in the corner of a something like that yeah and we we were um, not we i um, thought of this idea and I knew that I was going to have people from theatre, film or TV to come on board and I wanted to have a podcast episode released per month mm-hmm. that way then I didn't have to worry about who was going to be here for the next week or for the following week or for the next week, the next three weeks to come um, even though I had the experience of speaking to local businesses mm-hmm. to get sponsorship deals because I had two sponsorship deals um, whilst I was when I did the football podcast. Okay. Um, but yeah, we created a Space Podcast. This podcast, I I used this as a tool to get back into loving theatre. Yeah. To get back to love to film, to love TV. And in all fairness, Billboard, when we did Snow White. No, it wasn't Snow White. Um, Aladdin. When Aladdin came
2: yes. back
1: and we did that. Yes. My love for theatre came back then. And yeah, that that was it. That was the story of my event. My uh, I'd say quote unquote adventurous time <laughs> doing the uh, doing that company. So I don't know how you f- feel. I mean, you can say whatever you want. So I um, bet you're surprised about that.
0: I'm I'm more angry the fact that you had such a bad experience working with something that's supposed to help further you into in in with with skills with mm. it's supposed to help you and it in fact it well it didn't it didn't hinder you but it certainly took a toll on your mental health and that's not something that I wish for anyone to go through um, I'm really glad that the um, universal credits and the Kickstarter kind of backed you up and um, that was that was very pleasant to hear because um I've had um other stories of universal credits not being so kind. Um so to hear to hear that was you know Mm. made, made me made me quite happy but um and in a way because because that happened it you've now able to get back into the love for for theater much like you when when you were on stage for um, Aladdin and when I was backstage doing Aladdin it, it was only for like two two shows in Eve mm. that evening and then the morning show just being behind being on and behind the stage again was just I've realized how much I've missed it
1: mm. You know what, it was, it was fun to do because when I was, it was not just that, it was um, when I auditioned,
0: mm-hmm. it
1: was literally, I, I think we did it in August, I think it was in August, the auditions, so I, I think it was in August. Yeah. It was a couple of weeks after I left the company.
2: Oh, okay. And
1: when I did the audition,
2: yeah.
1: I was speaking to Kelly Neal uh, who played Jasmine.
2: Oh, yes So genius. Kelly, yeah.
1: bless her heart. Um, i spoken to her and everything and... I remember auditioning for Wishy Washy Mm -hmm. and I was the only one who auditioned for it. And I knew right there and then, and I I, I do believe that, I'm not saying that um, if anyone else auditioned, whatever, but I think it helped a lot in terms of um, getting that part of Wishy Washy and going back to being the comedic performer. I literally washed out my system and I was enjoying it. I was like, this is amazing, you know, I I, I miss this. I miss this a lot and I'm excited to do Priscilla. But now i I've gone back to loving writing for theatre for writing and my love for football has actually come back.
2: Oh good.
1: It it has come back. Yeah, yeah. Um even though my team's uh really <laughs> above above the relegation zone. So uh yeah here we go. But it's it's got to the point where I can actually go off and write a football project for theatre. Good, good. I'm I'm surprised that uh, you were surprised that it happened to me, something like that happened to me. Yeah. I was going to ask why. Well, I'm a constant thorn to people. I kind of- <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I think because the, the way that I know you is that you're not one to kind of uh, sit back and take it. Mm. You're always, if, if someone did you dirty, if someone kind of, not shouted at you, but if someone was to um, harass you, you would literally stand there and be like, I beg your pardon? You know, um, who the hell do you think you're talking to? Um, so, for me, I mean, when, when you were telling the story, my immediate thoughts was like, well, why don't you go to someone higher? But there was nobody higher. Mm. Um, you know, so it, it's just, so I'm just thinking of like, well, what would I have done in that situation? So I, I probably, more than likely, I would have done exactly what you would have done. Mm. Um, but I haven't got a backbone, so I probably would have stuck out the first six <laughs> months <laughs> like an absolute lemon. Um, but, it's because you're, you're also a really, really lovely person, so to hear that you've gone through something like this which made you lose your passion for football which because if i know you for two things it is football and it is theater so for you to turn around to me and say oh yeah this job made me lose an interest in football i'm like well my god what the hell did they do to you (laughs) (laughs) because if any if i see anything on facebook that you post it's it's football related or it's um theatre-related. More often than night. it's you going, oh look, there I am, there's a picture of me having a good time with the lads <laughs> at the stadium. You know, so, yeah, yeah, to, to hear that this happened to you and for you to, to go, oh well, yeah, this, I'm not a fan of football anymore and I kind of lost a passion for it because of this company. Yeah. I, I'm speechless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I met Ian McKellen. I met Gandalf. Oh, I'm
0: so jealous.
1: And I met so Professor so... X. I met Patrick Stewart. <laughs> um, as I stick the middle fingers up to people. Yeah. Uh, I'll, do you know what? I'll tell you a funny story about Patrick Stewart to conclude this okay. podcast. Okay, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll end off with something happy.
1: Yeah. Uh, so they did No Man's Land. Uh, no Man's hmm. Land. Harold Pint is No Man's Land for the yes. tour, right? Um, and so they... They came to Cardiff around Kariad's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I remember this and I said to Carriad, do, do you want to come with me and everything? And she said, yes, we can go into the theatre though. So we quickly, no, we can, you know, watch the play or whatever. So we waited outside and I said to, to Carriad, wait here. I'll quickly run into the into the new theatre and buy programmes, whatever's left of the programmes which thankfully there was a couple programs left oh, good. and we got there and they came out and oh my God, did we get pushed and did we get shoved? Not by security, mm-hmm. but by fa- fans. fans who, um, and the, the rule was no Lord of the Rings posters, no Lord of the Rings pictures, no Professor X pictures, no, basically anything that wasn't to do with the play, mm-hmm. we're not going to sign. Fair, um, which is fair, which is fair enough. So we got program signed and everything. But then I, th- because I did that, f- I went with Carrie. I thought I felt that I wanted to go back and do my own thing. So I went back the following day, <laughs> and I waited for three hours outside that um, stage door. It was in August, so oh, it, August. it was it was hot. It was a hot yes. day. Um, so here's the best story I can ever give about meeting celebrities. So. Uh, I remember said, I said to um, Ian McKellen, could we have a selfie? And he said, I- I'm sorry, I can't give selfies because if I give you one, I've got to give all these people selfies. He went, but do it on a sly. <laughs> he went, but do it on a sly. And so I went like that and he just, and he literally turned his head, smiled, and then went back to yeah. focus. I was like, thank you. And he was like, no problem. Don't mention it. And... Uh, <laughs> And I remember he said, oh, you you deserved a, an Oscar nomination for this one particular film that I really loved, The Apt Pupil,
2: okay. when he
1: plays a, a Nazi on the run.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, he sw- and he went, it's not about the Oscars, it's about the performance itself. <gasps>
2: oh. Ian, baby, boy. Um, oh, what a legend.
1: And, Beautiful
2: beauty. And I will
1: never forget, right, I don't know if it was an autograph hunter, because you know you with some autograph hunters... But uh, he was with a daughter. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he, he was using her as a as a tool, which I find it wrong. Mm-hmm. I find it wrong when autograph hunters use their kids as tools to get celebrities to sign stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: But all she had is one picture of Professor X. That is it. Oh. And the security guard said, I'm sorry, no signings." And P- Patrick Stewart, in a deep, gravelly voice, went, Oh, just make it an exception, please. <laughs> and the security guard just went from being big man to little man mm-hmm. and he went oh how are you and um oh did you watch the play and the little girl went no <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he and as he signed it he went well at least you enjoyed seeing me and uh <laughs>
0: Hi. We're Billboard Ensemble. Uh Uh-huh. And have we got news for you. You better listen. Priscilla,
1: Queen of the Desert, is coming to the Memo Arts Centre from the 20th to the 23rd of July, featuring 25 dance floor classics such as I Will Survive, Hot Stuff, Go West, and many more. Tickets on sale now at memoartcenter.co.uk or call at 01446 738
2: 622.